We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. I am not showing his kicks today. So, oh, look, the guy always got to put Blazers. on the table. The Blazers. Just Nike Blazers. Listen, I've, only, I've only had these for like seven years. Look navy blue, okay? You're seven. black. You colorblind? Yeah, I might be from this distance. Look at all the lights in this with beautiful NWO studio. socks? Look. Yeah. NWO socks. Oh, okay, color coordinating. Always. I like that. I like that. Yeah, no, um, I'm not wearing... My traditional DC slow today. hand clap. Yeah, <laughs> I am not. I am wearing some five-year-old uh, Adidas something bounce, Alpha bounce. All right. Well, that's I don't know. Nice. I got them free for covering Jesus. like an Adidas event five years ago. I keep them clean though. Hey, good. You always have to have a pair yeah, yeah, of no, kicks that are clean. Yeah, these are my early morning. Like, yo, let me just throw these on and be lazy. The DCs is when I want to get fly on. No, they're not. Stop. We're get, not doing this again. I want to get fly in these streets. Every show, DCs are not fly. They this are. not the going just out. wait on kick. it. I got something for you later in the week. Just wait on it. Yeah, I promise you. <laughs> That's a tease right there, baby. Yeah, just wait on that. I got you. You're going to be so impressed when you see me later on in the week for our other show. Um, today, though, is not about me. It's about you. Why? It's about you starting controversy, Andreas. What do I do? You are now Media Takeout Dre. I didn't even know Media Takeout was still a thing. I didn't. I don't know if it's a thing, to be honest. But I will tell you this. You and you hooking friends up with tickets, coincidentally sitting them next to each other, breaking the wrestling internet, our good friend Big E did many things during the fight last week. Well, not even during the fight. He was in Iowa for the game. Did the intros at the fight. Guys everywhere, WWE champion. You know what I see on my social media. <laughs> is Big E dating Weather Bay? Demetri and Big E rumors flying. It was on Bleacher Report. It was? It was. Oh my God. It was on Bleacher Report. <laughs> it is taking on a life of its own. This is all you. Yeah, I mean, look, man, if there's anything I'm going to take 100% responsibility for, <laughs> it's going to be this. Because. I've told y'all the story of all this, but Biggie doing the intros for the Fury Wilder wasn't 100% me. It was, I had something to do with it. Uh, 
Diggy doing Iowa, nothing to do with me. That's Diggy's alma mater. Diggy sitting next to Demetria Overlord is 100% me. The skinny of it is, if y'all saw, at the Pacquiao-Ugas fight, I got them both tickets. The tickets were next to each other. They got cool. Just cool. Like, I got to be clear on this. Like, they're not dating. And it's wild, but they were, they were cool. So, when E was coming to the fight, Demetria once again got tickets through top rank. And E was like, oh, I'm sitting by myself. Well, who is Demetria sitting with? And I was like, she's sitting by herself. He was like, that doesn't make any sense. I was like, you're right. Hey, Demetria, you want to sit with E at the fight? Like, those tickets are a little bit further back. E's going to be camera side, even though that wasn't a thing. The camera side thing was actually both of them were like, ugh, because they were like, shit, people going to see us. Might be a problem. I was like, don't worry about it. It'll be a good look for both of you. Don't, don't worry about it. It'll be yeah. a good look for both of you. They Famous like, last words before you're all over every yo. Gossip no, not me. I've been cut out. <laughs> I, I have. Yeah, shout out to Black Wrestling Alliance that cropped you out yeah. in the graphic. And they put the words over where you are with the fade. They faded so me you out. Can't even see I'm not even you. important. They're and like, it's just those two. Together. I'm just a wrestling fan, right? There's like, who is this fan with these two? No, I put this together. I put them together. Like, we t- like the whole fight night, we text, like, E got back from Iowa. Demetria had to meet E to get the tickets. They came in. And they went in together, and they sat together as friends. I guess something happened. Some dude was bothering Demetria, and they switched seats, and E was like, hey, chill. Yo, someone in the comment section um, on Big E's IG said that's Jordan Belfort. Belfort. Who's what? next? Like, Wolf of Wall Street. No. Like, Quaaludes, Jordan Belfort. That's who the dude was next like, those seats obviously are exclusive seats, right? Yeah, like, they're yeah. very close. Yeah. They're, like, second row. So the guy has to be someone. They're like, yo, that's the real Wolf of Wall Street. Yo, I, okay. Yo, like, like on the plane, wilding out, Jordan Belfort. I, that's I, him. I haven't even looked at who it was. I just, <laughs> I just heard. But, yeah. So I was like, wow. If like, it was, that's some random shit. If there was anything I was going to be 100% responsible for, it was this. Like, I, <laughs> I, like everybody, like, I've been telling E, he's a legend. So every day, I text him, like, a new link. And I'm like, yo, it's still going. Like, the Iowa stuff was cool. People liked that. Yeah, it was cool. The, the fight stuff, incredible. People were like, yo, he's, doing, he's everywhere. He's doing everything. How did he do this? He magically went from one place to another. No, he took a jet. But this, this right here, biggest news of the weekend. TMZ is going to be following around by next week. Yeah, and I, and, and I will say, yeah, I did this. this <laughs> they were not dating. This was not. I introduced them to each other as friends, and they decided to sit next to each other as friends. Twice. Twice. But I knew. One more time, they go together. Well, that's, that's, just, that's just rules. <laughs> that's, just, that's like old school, middle school cafeteria rules. I, I, like, yo, you sit next to me three days in a row, we go together. I just, yeah, I, I was like, all right, cool. Y'all going to sit together. Because the, the first time at the Pacquiao fight, Demetria uh, had asked me. She was like, oh, we're going to be camera side. She was like, you know, I don't really want to do all that because she gets a lot of <laughs> unwanted attention, right? We had a conversation about how many unsolicited uh, pics Pictures. she gets. Yes, yeah, yes. It was, it was absurd. It's a horrible day and age, right? And I was like, nah, y'all good. For this fight, I was like, well, you're definitely going to be camera side because E's doing the intros to the fight. She was like, all right, cool. But I was like, it'll probably be for a brief second. But the way the clip looks. E's face. E's face. <laughs> he's got like the, the smirk. He's, he's got, you know, the, uh, the picture of Dave Chappelle when the, when the titty pops out? Yep. And he's looking down. That's what it looks like. That's what E looks like. And then you got like Demetria like, yeah. And like that thing has gone viral and taken the life of its own. <laughs> I'll take full responsibility for it. It's, it's on me. Whatever. You know what's next? What? This is now the second produced show in my mind. Because the first is I'm trying to talk you into doing love and journalism, Las Vegas. Oh, God. A spinoff of love and hip hop, and we got to make this happen. 
So we, we've talked about this on the show several times. I'm going to con you into this sooner or later. So my second executive produced show will now have to be For the Love of E. Oh, God. Just straight. Like, it, listen, if they're not together, that's cool. But he's a sex symbol now. He's out in these streets. <laughs> People want to know. He's the most eligible bachelor. We need to get him full flavor flave, like real chance of love. We need this. USA cut the check. Hey, you think Ms. and Mrs. does well? Yo. For the love of E, Kofi Woods, that come on. Be careful. I might I might have to talk him into this. Listen, like, for the love of E, put, it's genius idea. Yeah, I mean you put it on Peacock and you have him, you know what I'm saying, like as as the bachelor and come on. It's, it's E. And you have like Woods and, and, and Kofi like screen, yep. screen the women. And, like, oh, this is that's gold. Printing that's gold. money. That's gold. That is an X. We're printing money. Tour, you're the champ. But we about to have a reality show for you. Let's go. Let's make this Blame cash. that bag. This isn't on me, but I will make this thing happen. Damn Let's it. make this money. Can't leave money on the table. No. Um, the other thing we had to talk about to kick off the show is less lighthearted. But nonetheless, it's what we came here to talk about before all the hijinks that started this. And that is diving a little bit into the realm of pro football, but more in the landscape of a social topic, which we talk about all the time here. And it is John Gruden fired from the Raiders because of leaked emails. He resigned. Resigned. Yeah, sure. He got fired on his day off like Craig. He's <laughs> <laughs> lucky he wasn't stealing boxes. Yeah. No, he was just, uh, he got his emails leaked saying a bunch of randomness. At first, last week, we didn't talk about it because it was really just Damar Smith. He said he had Michelin tire lips. He called him stupid, too. The stupid part is the worst part. For me, for, a lot of people like were upset about the Michelin tires. Right. But I was like, like big black lips. Like I've heard worse in battle. Yeah. Like people bag on people all the time. Yeah, that that was uh, that kind of it bothered me because yeah. this man is the head of the players union. You call him stupid, but it, it perpetuates a stereotype that we're not smart, that we can't run a team. Like Lamar Jackson can't play quarterback. Yeah. What what kind of game did he have on Monday night? He exploded. Is he stupid? He could play. I've never heard Gruden or anybody else call. Ryan Leaf's stupid. If anybody remembers Ryan Leaf, complete yep. bust. Jamarcus Russell got called stupid all the time. And lazy. Lazy and stupid. It's a stereotype that's associated. So it, that bothered me, and it wasn't, we're going to talk about the, the rest of the, everything else that came out. But when I saw that, I was like, uh, Gruden doesn't necessarily need to be here anymore. And we'll also talk about this concept, this concept of cancel culture. I'm not, canceling and being held accountable are two completely different things. Gruden needs to be held accountable for what he said. I'm not saying that, like, I don't believe in canceling, because that's, that's dumb, right? Yeah. If, I, if I'm your employer, I don't cancel you. I fire you, because you said something that was offensive that wasn't on brand with this company, right? That's it, for my team, my organization. But what Gruden did, those emails that leaked, for him to say, next thing, I got to get to this real quick. I don't have a racist bone in my body. I have never heard anybody who was racist say, you know what? I've got several racist bones in my body. At least a pinky toe. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say that. <laughs> so, no, if you do, you don't admit it, right? Or, or everybody's come to John Gruden's defense and said, I know him. He's not a racist. You know how many people that you probably know that were domestic violence? And be like, oh, I didn't see that. Yes, because you don't know every dark corner of somebody's life, right? Domestic abusers. I've never heard. There's a few rare cases where you'd be like, you hear somebody like shot up at school and be like, ah, I can see that. But for the most part, it's always like, man, I can't believe he did something like that. Yeah. Or suicide, right? Somebody commits suicide. You go, oh, I didn't know he had those issues. So why are you surprised when somebody's racist? You, you know him. He said, oh, he was nice to me because you're one of the good ones. But in the grand scheme of things, racism isn't just me to you. 
Racism is a is how a you blank. stereotype yeah. everybody. And what he did was call a player dumb and have big black lips. That's racist. That's it. Racially insensitive. You're wrong. I don't care how long it was. But then he said, it was like 10 years ago, but then all everything else came out. And this is yeah. where it really began. Yeah, so we have, you know, him, his comments on Michael Sam and him becoming or trying to become the first openly gay athlete and says insensitive things there. You then have him going on sharing topless pictures of the cheerleader. So now we're hitting the misogyny, like, and, and just a violation of someone's, like, yeah, privacy. Right, privacy. Yo, like, most I'm importantly, I'm pretty most sure point. that's a crime today. Maybe it wasn't 10 years ago, but, like, you just can't be just sending Bruh, nudes about. This is your work email. <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, listen, if anyone is stupid, if anyone is stupid in this situation, it is him. Leo, that, you got fired because you're dumb, him? right? You, 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 like, you more than, like, listen, listen, you had to resign because you were dumb. Because, yes, people, because people were like, well, what if we leaked your email? So, hey, look, for me, I don't got all that in my email, right? First and foremost. Maybe you do. That's like whoever said this, yeah. like maybe you do. But the other thing is, you got caught for being stupid. Using a, a work email to slander gays, black people, misogynistic comments. What are you, what are you thinking, John? And you've lost your job. And this is what I say. It's not being canceled. It's being held accountable for what you did. I'm sure in this contract there was a violation of morals and rights. Like, you violated that, now you have to resign. I don't feel bad for him. He's made millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. He ain't got to pay that back. Right. Now it cost him 60? Yeah, it cost him some money because he got hit. mill going forward. An obtuse contract. Yeah, like, it was ridiculous. But he took home like 40 already. Like, he, he made money. He's straight. He made money. He now, can't go back to his gig at ESPN that he had, I'm sure. Cool. On air. Like, you know what he's gonna have to do? He's gonna retire with forty mil. Oh, yeah. what a punishment! When? Yeah, and be racist and quiet. Yeah, like, but so again, people are like, "Oh, cancel culture," and I've seen people like, "Oh, he swallowed a bottle of woke." Like my issue again, <laughs> it's so stupid. What a comment! He didn't apologize. Like my issue is, if you say something that's racially insensitive, or if you offend somebody, apologize. Don't say I didn't mean to hurt you. Yes, you did. You said that to be mean. Yeah. You didn't say that to be nice. Just say, you know what? I did something wrong. For those who I hurt, I deeply apologize. I meant those in the wrong way. I know better now. And maybe people will go, all right. But, it, but you can't say, I didn't mean to hurt anybody. Because you did. What if he doesn't know better now? Well, if he doesn't know better, he's just got to go. That, that's, I mean, that's, 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 that's it. And that's what I took from the apology. Yeah, that, that, that's what like, it was. I don't no, know. I can't honestly say that I know better now. I can say I'm not a racist. I employ, you know, I'm I'm the leader of many that's, ethnicities, I'm a sure, bunch I'm, of black men. I'm all, sure Slave I'm Master people. said the same thing, right? It's Slave Master's like, hey, I'm, I'm not a racist. Look at all these black people I employ <laughs> on the field. That's also very true. But, like, it, it's one of those things where he's like, yo, I, I, I don't think I did anything wrong back then. It reminds me of, um, like, 06, 07. You ever play Halo online? Like oh when online God. first popped off? Yeah, I couldn't. I took the headphones Halo, off. Halo, early Call of Duty. It was a lot of When things. it was like six years old, six year olds? Yeah. Wilding, saying craziness from like the middle of Iowa. Yeah. Like just bugging out, dropping every word in the book. It's like, 
Yo, where are those six-year-olds now? That was like 06. And, and that's six-year-olds are like 23. And that's a situation where you could say, I didn't know any better. Right? right. I was young. I was dumb. I said a lot of things that I would never say again. Yep. That's easy to do. But it's, let's just say somebody hits, like if there's domestic violence, and you go, ah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's what Gruden's apology felt like. Ah, I beat my wife, so what? Yep. We'll talk about John Jones later. Yeah. It, it, was, was, like, the, it was the John Jones you know, I don't want to talk about this situation. anymore, but no, you have to be held accountable. It's just all it is is accountability. It's not canceling. It's being held accountable. Now, it comes down to the point of the, the macro aspect of this is these are emails that are only found because the Washington Redskins had a horrible culture. Ooh, I know. They're like, whoo. And they just looked up everything. Um, now, more is coming. Uh, like yeah, if this ain't it. If this is your was the GM or the president, one of the two that he was emailing, John Gruden was emailing. There was it was a thread. It wasn't a personal joint. It was like right. ten people. I guess it's before Slack. Which also don't put this on Slack. <laughs> like, don't keep this away from anything that where you work. But when you look at that, it's just like the macro of this is like, how comfortable are they where you can joke at work right. about minorities, about women, about not furthering. He also um, put down the first hiring of a female referee. Yeah. Like she wasn't qualified to do that job. Like, one, you don't got to go to eight, school, eight years of school to be a referee. No. This ain't a brain surgeon. It's not medical school. No, like anyone can be a referee if you put in the time. Yeah. So you put that down. It was just, it was how comfortable he was in that space, and those around him, how comfortable they were saying, like, eh, it's just jokes. Yeah, it's not funny. No, and everyone on that thread's high level. Yeah. Executives, um, they're not boosters, but whatever, donors or whatever to the everyone. team, sponsors, all this stuff, the GM, the president. It's a whole wide range of very powerful, important people. Yeah. Who were just like, oh, this is just John being John for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. That happened 10 years. 10 years. Nobody said a word. Like, yeah, nah. We're cool. It's not acceptable. Like, what have they been saying for the past 10 years? What have they been saying offline for the past 10 years in oh, each yeah. other's company, right? Because you slander a female official in an email. What do you think he said behind closed doors about women in sports, right? And this becomes really problematic. But again, it's one of those things like, Yo, tuck your racism a little bit better, right? People are racist. It's, I don't agree with it, but that's the way of the world. But damn, if you're that careless that you could be a misogynist, a racist, like homophobic, and you put it out there for others to see. Yo, hit the trifecta. Yo, it's just like the, uh, remember, if, remember Ice Cube's death certificate in the beginning of the album, it plays this whole thing that says, here's what they think about you. It's like different segments of yeah. like, what newscasters thought of like African-Americans. So I felt like listening to Gruden. He hit everybody. I'm right. like, yo, it's, it's that joke. He's like, no, I'm not racist. I hate everyone equally. Like, that, that's what he was going yeah. for. He was just like, no, nah, like, listen, I'm not racist. But, no, I think everyone is beneath me. Like, it's just like, yo, like, it's tone deaf. Very. The guy's made an incredible amount of money since saying these things. He's rich. If you look at how much money he made in the past 10 years, from when these comments came out, he had the Gruden show with the QBs which I'm sure netted him a huge contract television deal. Monday Night Football, and then head coach of the Raiders. The man's probably made 100 mil since saying this. Filthy, he's filthy rich. 
he's filthy rich, and he got called out for something that he did, and now he's got to be held accountable. And I don't need people coming to his defense. That's I don't need black people coming to his defense. I don't need like again. Lucky I don't name names. I just, lucky I got a good job. Like if I didn't have a good job, like if this was three years ago, um, I would have Randy Moss this. And if people saw this on Twitter, you know exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they lucky I got a new job. I'm not naming names, but yeah, people are out there. Like you cannot defend people again. When presented with info yeah. and facts, and say, well, I don't think that. These are the facts. I you mean, don't know how people are when they're not with you. Look, look, we could put a button on this after this. Move on to MMA content in a second. Um, we've all been around somebody who we thought was a great person, and they did something, and we were like, oh. Yeah, and we, we had to figure out how to handle it, right? <laughs> like, the first time you were ever around, like, a white person said the N-word, and you were like, and you knew him. You're like, oh. Yeah. And then somebody's like, hey, he said that. He's racist. And then you, I, I made the mistake once when I was younger. I was like, oh, he's not a racist. He just said the N-word. Now, like, probably, I mean, it doesn't make him a racist. It makes him stupid, right? But you have to be responsible to go to that person and be like, yo, as your friend, this isn't cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, yo, you got to chill out. Like, like, just on some real, like, I get. Yeah. Like, chill, like, we, we, like, everybody has a friend who, like, makes fun of gay people back in the day, right? Yeah. Like, people used to say. Yo, that's gay. Yeah. And, I, and that was mind-boggling to think about that in 2021. But when I went to middle school and everything, like, that Every, was a it was term. Common. It was common. Now, like, wow. for me, like, I'll be the first one to say it. I used to say stuff like that. Yes. I and, played a lot of Halo. In my yeah, and, I, and I'll be the first one to admit, I was wrong. Correct. And I learned by, by reading more, by being around. I was like, wow, this is really wrong. And I'm accountable for my actions. So you can't go into my Twitter and be like, yo, he said, I'll tell you, I said it when I was in high school. I said it. When I was in college, I know it's wrong. I'm moving on. Somebody had to pull my coat and was like, hey, man, what's, what, is that, what, what does that mean? Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're right. We got to do the same thing. Somebody needed to pull John Gruden's tail and was like, listen, man, you work with black athletes. There's women in this sport. You got to watch what you say. Or you're going to suffer the consequences. Yep. And I can't protect you after that. That's I don't, it. I don't need Dungy. I don't need these guys going, well, well, no, man. You, again, you don't know him behind closed doors. You know him. He's nice to you. He called Goodell something crazy in that, too. You can't trash your boss. He did uh, every egregious thing you can do to get fired. He did it on wax. But it's like, again, it's like domestic abuse, right? It's like, oh, he's not a misogynist. He's married. But if he runs around calling women bees all the time and he's like slapping other women up, he's a misogynist. It's, it's like those battered wives. It's like all these players are like battered wives. They're defending Gruden. For what? Gruden ain't signing your check no more. Let it go. Let it go. Call him, call him offline. Like have a, if you want to cape for Gruden, do it on your own time. I don't need you showing up on ESPN. Or I, I've seen so many players say this. It's like they, he doesn't have a racist bone in his body. You don't know him like that. Sometimes it's okay to say nothing. Yeah, or or offline. People forget that. Just shut up. Yeah, like in public, like on the mic, when in doubt. Say nothing. Silence is golden. That's it. That's, like, if that's your take, take it home with you. There we go. And you don't got to say it on the mic. So let's hit our break. We have a guest coming. Um, we'll have a guest be joining us. Oh, give them the rundown of the show. We haven't given everybody the rundown oh, of the show. We didn't. Week, right? So we have Jordan Wright joining us after this big fight in the UFC this weekend. He's, when you talk about a finisher, all he does is finish people. All he does, the judges can go, they can get a sandwich. They can do whatever they want. Shake Shack, which we usually partake in. They do whatever they want. They don't, are not needed for his fight this weekend. We're going to talk to him. 
about one, how he got into MMA this weekend's fight, what he's looking forward to in the future, and then, of course, we're going to talk about UFC, domestic violence in the UFC. Luis Pena, nicknamed Violent Bob Ross, yeah. which Whoops. comes full circle. Um, and then we're going to talk about how they treat other people who have been recently, I guess, accused of domestic violence. Right. Um, Hall of Famers in their book versus how they treat Luis Pena in this situation. We're also going to talk about several fights that were booked recently. Had, top of that, Masvidal versus Edwards, three piece and a soda. Yeah. We're finally going to get the culmination of that. And then we'll recap this weekend's or last weekend's fights and preview a few fights from this weekend. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this with Jordan Wright. Hey, everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back. We are joined by the UFC's Jordan Wright. You can see us. Look at him. Look at that face. Look at that smile. This man's an animal. You wouldn't tell by that face. <laughs> Judges are not needed like we told you before. Everything is a finish. Imagine this guy right here subbing you out and giving you that smile. You can't even be mad at him. Not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us today, Jordan. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I got the first question. What do you have against judges, man? Like, why, why, why do you got to keep the judges out of every single one of your fights? You know, I, you know, I feel like uh, when I was an amateur, sometimes going to the judges was just, uh, you know, it wasn't always the fun thing to do. You, you kind of like wait in anticipation, like, did I do good? Did I do bad? I don't really know. Because sometimes we have those days in the gym where we do really good in sparring and we feel like crap. And then we look at it on camera and we're like, oh, I actually did really good. I guess I don't really like that, uh, that feeling of... Uh, not knowing, so that's why I got to go for the finish. That's a good damn answer. Yeah, listen, I can't can't knock that. I've seen some weird judging, so that's a, a smart way to go. When I want to take this back, like to start off, when did you know, like, you know what? I probably want to beat people up for a living. Like, this is just something I, I think I'm pretty good at. You know what? I I want to try my hand at MMA. I would say uh, I've, I've been a martial artist ever since I was nine years old. So uh, I've been doing this for pretty much my whole life. I loved watching Dragon Ball Z as a kid. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I just felt like I always had that, like, that warrior's drive inside of me. And uh, as soon as I saw that, like, because, you know, boxing was always around when I was a kid. And boxing was cool, but I never really saw anything competitive until, like, uh, that, that, I, that I looked like I could get down with until I saw kickboxing. I was like, kickboxing is super sick. And then I saw um, some of the first UFCs, and I'm like, oh, so to do combat sports, I don't just have to punch. I can actually use all of my weapons. That's really cool. So I just, I just felt like I always had the fire in me to do it. Real quick, I got to put you on the spot. Favorite Dragon Ball Z character? I mean, come on, Goku, all the way. 
Goku's my dude. Oh, he's like Goku's my spirit that. animal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, I'm not, I'm not mad at that. There's a theory a online that he's a horrible like, father. Faced but... with like a quandary, I have to tell myself, like, man, what would Goku do? I have to ask myself that. Like, what would Goku <laughs> do? What would be the best situation? You know? Listen, I'm not mad at that. I'm a future Trunks guy myself, <laughs> but it's. Oh, there we go. No, Trunks is the bomb. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm a Trunks guy, but can't go wrong with Goku. Can't go wrong. With so Goku. I like that. If you know what, be like Goku, and that's. That leads you to all your finishes. I get it. I get it now. <laughs> so you're yes, fighting, absolutely. You're fighting Julian Marquez this week, but I, wanna, I also want to go back because I always like to figure out why people like to get punched in the face for a living because all the, all the people I've interviewed over the years have different reasons. But the one question I want to ask you is, do you remember the first time that you knocked somebody out and how it felt? Yeah, uh, I think it was uh, – like I've won by like TKO and stuff when I was an amateur. But, like, the first time someone actually went out, it was my fifth pro fight, and I head kicked the guy, and he went out completely. And um, I'm not going to lie, it was kind of a, it was a surreal feeling, like, whoa, I just, I can't believe I did that to somebody. I totally just shut this guy's lights out, and, man, like, it's, uh, you know, the the human, the, the warrior part of us is just like, yes, I've conquered this, but the human part of us is also just like... Oh man, like I gotta, I gotta take a step back and kind of re- reassess some of this stuff for a second. But it didn't take long. I got over it. I realized, you know, it's just part of being human. And uh, yeah, if it happens, it happens. For you, knockout or submission? You have like seven knockout. to five. Yeah, knockout, knockout all day. Okay, listen, I'm, I'm shocked. But Some people know, like you know, the I'll, submission. I'll take whatever, but not knockout for sure. Okay, so Julian Marquez is a guy who's pretty seasoned. Uh, this looks like a fight that we're once again not going to need the judges. What do you expect? It's UFC fight night. Uh, it's weird because at UFC fight nights lately, now we're starting to see more and more fans in the building. Uh, do you mm. get a little bit more energized seeing more people there? Is it okay fighting where it's kind of feeling like a sparring session? Oh, yeah, it's totally fine. I mean, uh, I fought in a bunch of smokers growing up, and in those smokers, some have pretty big audience. Some don't have many people there at all. Uh, uh, you know, I made my UFC debut, uh, at the apex without an audience. It's all fine. You know, it's just, it's just me in there at the end of the day. So it doesn't really matter. Do you hear the fans though? Like, does it, does it, uh, have an effect on you? Because I've talked to a lot of fighters that they say, nah, it doesn't, but there's others, you look a little more motivated. Like, let's just say you stagger the guy and then it's like, oh, go for the finish. Cause the fans can sense it just like you can. No, I wouldn't say I, I feel that. Like when when you're walking out and you feel that 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 crowd energy, yeah, that is something for sure. But when I, when I'm in there, no, no, no one really comes in consideration. You mentioned your UFC debut, short notice, stepping mm. heavier weight class, which we'll also get yes. to in a little while. What is that like? What is the nerves like? It's one thing debuting at the highest level when you can practice, you have a full camp. You know it's coming. You know you're at your best. But for you to get the call, the highest level there is in the sport, and they're just like, hey, show up in two weeks. Like, what, what is that pressure like? Five days. Five days. Five days. <laughs> I almost got it. Five days. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was actually pretty cool. Like, uh, Villanueva, he was coming down from heavyweight. He had a lot of knockouts to his resume. And uh, I felt like just for me to overcome that, to be like, screw it, like this is what I trained for in my life, and these are kind of the opportunities that'll that make me the man that I am, and I'll just I'll leave this uh, this opportunity a better man no matter what happens. 
So uh, coming out with the win was great and uh, definitely boosted my confidence, boosted my morale. I just felt like uh, uh, I had said this in a post by an interview, but I felt like I really just I leveled up as a person. I felt like I really leveled up as a man in, in that uh, in that situation. And we do it every day. We do it through every competition. But like, you know, on a five days notice at a higher weight class, you know, that that was a uh, it was pretty gnarly. But yeah, I'm, it was awesome. Uh, you are the Beverly Hills Ninja. Please talk <laughs> yes. about this nickname and where it came from and how you conceptualize it. So I uh, I grew up all throughout Los Angeles, uh, and look, I'm, I'm not shy. Like I come from a I come from a very well off family, but I wasn't really like a Beverly Hills kid growing up. Like uh, towards the end of my uh, high school is when my family moved to Beverly Hills, so I. Uh, yeah, after I graduated high school, immediately after I moved to New Mexico to train at uh, Jackson Wink MMA. And, uh, of course, people were like, oh, it's the Beverly Hills kid, Beverly Hills kid, blah, 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 blah. And then Greg Jackson gave me the name Beverly Hills Ninja, which I love because I love Chris Farley and I love that movie. That movie was actually, like, instrumental in my love for martial arts growing up. I remember going to see it in theaters when I was, like, maybe seven years old, which I probably shouldn't have, to be honest. But <laughs> That's it, good parenting. It's whatever, you know. <laughs> did you what did your parents think when you decided to take this career because like you said you're privileged you don't have to necessarily do this but you wanted to what did your parents think well you know i'm I'm pretty open about where i come from i'm very open about where i come from and you'll see a lot of fighters they're they're kind of hesitant to talk about where they come right. from like mma isn't like boxing where you typically see like young ruffians on the streets who kind of getting into trouble and then they have like a mentor throw them into like a boxing gym or something a lot of mma guys are kids that grew up wrestling doing karate doing other uh martial arts uh it's certainly not every one of them but like like you know i think a lot more fighters are apprehensive to say like oh i came from a wealthy family or this or that it's like you can just tell sometimes um and I don't really think it matters. Uh, but anyway, to answer your question, as far as uh, my parents go, they were just like, hey, you know, uh, just keep working hard. And as long as you uh, stay in school and you graduate college, we'll back you in anything you want to do. Any endeavor you want to pursue in life, just get your college education. If you can do that for us, we'll, we'll uh, you know, follow whatever you want to do. So that's what I did. How hard was that for you personally? Because you said you went to Jackson Wink at 18. So that's five years of training at one of the best gyms on earth. And you're like, I still got to wake up and take this philosophy test, like exam at the end of the day. Like, were there times where you're just like, you know what, mom? Like, I told you I'll get this degree, but sorry, I just want to fight already. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, yeah, it was kind of hard because I just had that, like, that young teenage, like, angst to just get in there and throw down. But uh, I've always been uh, kind of like a long road kind of guy. Uh, I approach life like it's a, a marathon. I, you know, I don't want to be that guy that, you know, the candle that burns out twice as fast, you know, yeah. like t twice as hot burns out twice as fast. Yeah. Like I still want to, I want to take my time with a lot of these things, you know, I'm not in a rush and it was the same thing with college. I just kind of had to sit back and learn to take my time and know that like, it's okay. It's only four years. And I'm telling you, though, when you when you have to study for all those exams and you'd rather be punching people in the face, it does go by pretty slow. So you do <laughs> you do uh, learn a lot of patience. So this fight with Marquez, what do you expect? Because Marquez is he's a pretty tough guy, but uh, you again have proven to finish guys off quick and easy. I won't I won't say it was all easy. It takes a lot of work to go into it, but 
what should people expect? And this is a silly question. I hate asking this question. What should people expect? <laughs> because nobody goes, I expect this fight to suck, right? Nobody yeah, ever no. says that. But what, what, what should people expect out of this fight, especially out of you? Mm, I, you know, the, I guess you could say they can expect to see uh, an expression of a true martial artist, you know, doing his best and living his life. Spoken like a true anime character. Out there. Yeah. <laughs> like if that didn't come straight from Dragon Ball Z, like right? Right? <laughs> just Goku there in front of Frieza just gives that speech, and then next thing you know he wins. Right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Jordan, I'm putting you on blast. Uh, what are your three favorite anime movies of all time? Anime movies. Okay. Mm. First, I would have to say the new Demon Slayer movie. Oh, I haven't that seen was, Demon uh, Slayer yet. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, the, well, it's cool because it's actually canon, it's not like one of those movies where they, like, kind of sidetrack the story and all go to the beach or do, like, find the sacred jewel, like, Naruto finds the sacred jewel, it's none of that, it actually is, like, the next arc in the story, and it, even if you haven't watched Demon Slayer, the show, which I recommend, especially seeing before the movie, as a standalone movie, it's absolutely amazing, uh, number two would be uh, Samurai X, Trust and Betrayal, it's uh, the Rurouni Kenshin prequel, and it's funny, they actually just did a live-action version of it, which was really good. Um, but it kind of just encapsulates the that kind of way of the warrior and the young, the young hot-headed warrior that kind of wants to be a hero and make a name for himself, realizing that, like, holy crap, like, swords actually murder people, and I'm just a kid, like, living my hot-headed dream. Like, over time, he was like, oh my gosh, like, I kind of... He doesn't necessarily, I would say, regret his decision because it does lead to a better Japan. But it's just a really cool spiritual journey to see Kenshin kind of go from, you know, a slave to a trained warrior to leaving his his master too early to take the weight of the world on his shoulders to it all kind of crumbling down on him to what eventually is the series Rurouni Kenshin and him being, uh, you know, the wanderer who refuses to kill anymore. Yeah, so it's a great one. That used to be number one until Demon Slayer came out. In fact, that might be a little bit interesting. You talked yourself. Yeah, I was about to say, you talked yourself into it being number one again. I love it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you might, you might be right about that. Um, the third, that's the thing. I don't watch too many anime movies. Um, but you know what? I might just say... Uh, I am shocked if... Oh, Your the, Name. Your Name is a really good one. Okay. I thought the Brawley movie would be up there. Like The Brawley movie is up there too, but I, you know, I feel like that movie is specifically for people who have watched and love Dragon Ball Z. And part of like what favoritism comes to me also comes from like, does it stand alone as its own film? Like, do you have to know too much going into it? Makes sense. Um, so yeah, Your Name, that one is like one of the highest grossing non-Miyazaki anime films to ever come out of Japan. And uh, just a beautiful story, not really about fighting or anything like that. Yo, Jordan Wright is going to be an anime reviewer You're like, at some point <laughs> in your career. Just talk about music. it. Well, yeah, it's like you know your shit. I'm like, yo, uh, like you make me want to see certain things. Like, yeah. I haven't seen the new Demon Slayer yet, and I'm looking forward to it. Now, after you talked about it, I'm like... All right, I think when I get out of here, I'm going to see this. <laughs> I, I always put it this way. With Demon Slayer, it's kind of it does to me as an adult what Dragon Ball Z did to me as a kid. As much as I love Dragon Ball Z, I would never tell an adult to get into it because it's just like, you know, Super Saiyans and flying around and kid yeah. stuff. For me, it's a lot of nostalgia and memories and still awesome storytelling, but it's mostly catered for kids. Demon Slayer isn't really the same. Like, kids watch it, of course, but it has a lot more heavy subject matter. And it just kind of makes me 
want to get up and start training like I did when I was a kid watching Goku. Like I used to like take uh, bricks and rocks and put them in my backpack after school and go running up and down the street <laughs> and push ups and sit ups and stuff. And I feel like Demon Slayer kind of does the same thing for me in that regard. Man, I love it. I love anime talk. We could, <laughs> I have know, Jordan on again. Now we appreciate it. Good luck <laughs> in your fight this weekend. We will be watching. We thank you so, so much. You guys don't go anywhere. We're coming back. We're going to preview this weekend's UFC card and talk about some of the other big fights they've announced. So stay through the break. Don't go anywhere. Thank you again, Jordan. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. All right, we are back. Huge shout out to Jordan Wright for joining us. Great interview. It's great to have people, you know, on the show. It's been a while since we have interviews. Like, people have been listening to us, just us, for like three years. Yeah, I feel sorry for you. So uh, that is changing. Thanks to everyone here at Blue Wire, Blue Wire Studio, everyone in the booth. Shout out to everyone who makes this happen. So that was really fun. But now we got to talk about UFC as a whole. We got to start off with, unfortunately, the biggest news in the UFC the past two weeks haven't been the fights, haven't been the knockouts, uh, haven't been contender series, which was actually really good last night. Um, there was, there's good things in MMA. None of that has been the top of the news cycle. It has been domestic violence in and around the UFC. Started with John Jones, which we talked about at his Hall of Fame induction night. Just ridiculous. Um, and we talked about the very creepy, I think we saw a video that he made his wife post. Yeah. Him and his wife posted and like, oh, we're fine. We love each other. It's better wife syndrome. It, it looked hard. Whatever he thought that was going to do, it did the opposite. Nah, he's not safe. Yeah, he, he needs a publicist. He needs somebody. His somebody. wife used to be his publicist and his manager. Oh, well, I'll be. Yeah, big now, shocker, right? Now we figure out how this went wrong. Yeah. So then that turned into Luis Pena, which we'll talk about in a second, but also Chuck Liddell accused of domestic violence. Chuck Liddell put out a statement. So I'm, I'm reserving right to judgment for Chuck Liddell because he said, yo, the cops came to the house. There was a disturbance. We were yelling. And ended up with my wife striking me. But when cops are called, somebody got to go to jail. I mean, yeah. And I said, you're not taking my wife to jail. They said, somebody got to go. He was like, yo, you're taking me though. And they booked him. This is his side of the story. If this is for some reason true, all right. Like, again, I don't condone domestic violence another way either, though. Um, there's many facets to this, which is, like, very weird. Because I remember long time ago in past relationships. I don't badmouth people anymore. Uh, you anymore. guys can listen to like year one or two of the show yeah. <laughs> to hear her raw opinions. But um, I remember like back in the day, I told this story on the podcast where uh, an ex of mine tried to hit me with a car. And like, it wasn't cool for many reasons. 
for me, you, you uh, don't say. Yeah, there's like it's like threefold why I really dislike this situation. But let's just focus on she tried to run me over with a car. Um, I was young, spry, and athletic still at that time, so I jumped up on the hood like, bang. Did you wear DCs? No, I did not have DCs on back then. But I'm sure my sneakers were three years old. Okay. Or, or I had the same flip-flops that I still got today. My slides, which are, how old my daughter, 16? My slides are 17 years old. That's so I probably had those same ones on because I had those since high school. All right, continue the story, but that's not staying true. Anyway, I end up on the hood of this car. Bang. And that wasn't an isolated situation. So there are many cases where the domestic violence aspects go the other way as well. And, like, there's weird on how to navigate that. And I was in that situation, like, in my past life. Um, so it was, like, one of those things where, like, Chuck, I just need to see all the evidence. That's the case. We'll see. But, again, as a group, not a good look no. for the UFC. Y'all don't look good together. No. No, no. It's, it's, it's within two weeks. It's looking ugly. Luis Pena, on the other hand, those details have come out. He was not only hitting on, I don't want to say his wife, but it, the woman he's with, his partner that he's seeing, but also a woman who came to try to stop him from hitting on the wife. Hit her too. Closed fist. A trained professional MMA fighter. This is not his first time being accused of some wildness. I think this is strike three for him. The UFC, and we just got to be open and honest, they employ Greg Hardy. Yes. After what we know his background is. Domestic violence cannot be part of your culture as an organization. They have now come out, said they're releasing Luis Pena. That does nothing for me, personally, right. to release the lowest man on the totem pole. But your Hall of Famers get to stay. Yeah. They're in the Hall of Fame. Greg Hardy, who I don't even think is a draw anymore, will really only be cut because of performance yep. and not because of his history with domestic violence. It sets a horrible precedent that we see rear its ugly head again and again. I don't think this Luis Pena release is a victory in any sort. No, it, I mean, it's tricky. First things first is accusations, right? Yeah. You get accused of anything. I'm not a big fan of being accused, and then the media trial comes in, and then you're fired by trial by media when they don't have all the facts. Fair. Right? Not a big fan of that. I think everybody should get their due process. However, if you have a history of doing such things, and you get caught up again, the tolerance level needs to be zero, but it needs to be stretched across the board. Luis Pena, violent Bob Ross, pretty good fighter. But you could be a fighter in the octagon. You can't just beat up women outside of it. No. And now that you do that, zero tolerance, you're out of here. This John Jones situation, they won't cut him. Which I've said, he's, he's more trouble than he's worth. Uh, you know, everybody keeps saying he's one of the best fighters in the world. That's great. But he's cocaine, failed drug tests, domestic issues, uh, hitting pregnant women with cars. What else do we need to see out of John Jones? I don't, this guy got nine lives. He, or he's like a cat. Let's take it a step further. We talk about John Jones. Conor McGregor threw a dolly through a window. Yeah. Right? Got accused of rape in Ireland. But the problem was is the way that their laws work, you couldn't release the name of the victim, none of that stuff. Yeah. So they just remained accusations. A lot of things still remain accusations. But at a certain point, you got to say, hey. Punch the old man in the face. Right? Yeah. Punch the old man in the face <laughs> for not drinking his whiskey. Yeah. What's the matter with you? It's like, at what point do you go, all right, we got to. You, like, getting rid of Luis Pena does nothing. 
because the top guys still feel immune, and they can still do whatever they want to do. Top girls, too. We saw the uh, Sojourner Eubanks, we just got, who's not on this car this weekend anymore. Yep. She had a domestic incident. Yep. That went viral. Everybody saw it. When she was bullying her girlfriend and, like, hit her and pushed her, had her crying. At some point, you have to do something that says zero tolerance across the board. We have to send a message. If you don't send a message and you just fire one guy, and if, if I go, man, if I'm a good enough fighter, nothing will happen to me, what, what is that telling people? Yeah, they need to put in – listen, if you don't want to fire people, and I'm not, like, pro-NFL in all respects. Like, the NFL doesn't have everything right. But the, like, code of conduct, like, if right. you just go – I understand accusations are accusations. But if you are arrested, you're going to trial. Like, we reserve the right to wait for this to have its due process. But also, we reserve the right to not fire you. But you could get suspended. Yeah. That's you fair. know what? We're going to suspend you for six months until this plays out. Right. At least the suspension says something. It's not, yo, is John coming back in December? Like, really? We'll talk about this fight here in a second. Um, Cyril Gain versus Francis Ngannou. Yes. Gain gets injured. December. Does John step in in January? There's a lot of mitigating factors with that, right? Possible, though. But the fact that his name will even come up is a problem. If he's not suspended, it's a possibility. Right. That's problematic. Yes, very much so. Steve A should step in, first, but that's neither here nor there. If John's like, yo, I'm ready to go, and regardless, they might have another interim belt. If Ngannou's hurt, right. John's like, yo, I'll do this. You get into a problematic area when you don't at least suspend people until the litigation plays out. And they, they're showing nothing in that regard. You can't go all or nothing and just your all is only for those who are meaningless to your company. We're just being, it's mean, yeah. he's replaceable. Guy on Contender Series last night probably looked better. Like, yeah. you're not missing violent Bob Ross. No, he had a cool name. Yeah. I'll tell you. He's only ultimate fighter had yeah, a that, cool name. That look was incredible, too. But yeah. no, no, he's a horrible person. So, you look at that and it's just like, you have to start taking stances at the top. And we'll see how this goes going forward see how the John Jones situation plays out. He has to go back to court in December here in Vegas. I'm sure his lawyers will just show up. But even with all of that, it's like, come on, man. The UFC now, the problem is going to come to their front door. And I feel like going forward, you can't go backwards. I'm not asking them to go backwards. Going forward, be like, yo, you know what? This is the problem. Yeah. So we got, we got to put more stringent things in place. In the meantime, they haven't really – spoke on the domestic violence stuff no, besides cutting him. What they have spoke on is fight relief and announcements. And they do have some pretty good fights. So it is smart to focus on that. Try to get the public to focus on right. something positive. The one announced most recently, Masvidal versus Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards, the man who's been winning forever, can never get a title shot. No. I don't know why stuff. I know why. But, listen, Leon Edwards ain't getting a shot at that title. Kobe Covington is, once again, in line for a title shot. He has one, what, one win and one loss in the past two and a half yeah, years. Yeah, he beat up uh, Tyron Woodley. Yep. Then, Congrats. Uh, so yeah. did Jake Paul. Jake Paul, next title shot, baby. Yeah, but now he's, he's Let's fighting. Let's go, Dana. It's a, it's a, again, it's like, why well, have rankings, right? Leon Edwards is ranked three. Masvidal is ranked six. 
I'll say this again. People love this fight. It's a great fight. Don't get me wrong. But yep. what does it do for Leon Edwards if he wins? It tries to give him what they say he don't have. A big and, that's, and that is some star power. Rub. Like you, it makes him a little more of a draw. Because Masvidal got to where he is and becoming a draw because not only did Ben Asker knee, but because of the Nate fight. And then Nate got there because of the Connor fight. Like, so you, you try to say, yo, Leon, yes, you beat great fighters and good fighters, but you got to be someone with a name. But that, and this okay. is his shot to do that. If it goes after this, say he washes Masvidal and he doesn't get a title shot, there's only one reason this man is not in the title picture. What's that reason? Because he's black. <laughs> like, it was, we're just being, like, we're keeping it, like, this is it. I, I, I will recognize they've had excuses and viable ones before this. The guy's not a draw. I get it. Now that Usman's run through everyone else, if for any reason Leon Edwards wins this and doesn't get a fight, I, there's no, there's no other excuse. Well, see, so here's what I try to figure out, right? Like, I get why this fight's happening. The two pieces soda, the narrative, all that stuff. But my question continues to be for, like, the fight's happening because of star power. Rankings don't care about star power. Full disclosure, I say it a billion times, I'm on the rankings committee. What's the point of me doing rankings if you're just going to book whatever you want to book? Good question. It's like Leon Edwards is ranked number three. He should be fighting a number two or number one ranked guy to get an opportunity at a title shot. Because what's going to happen, or what could happen, is let's, here's, what, here's what I predict is the UFC's thought right now. Masvidal beats Edwards. Covington beats Usman. Now we have Masvidal and Covington for the title. That, I think that's, that's, that's big money. Though. It's like, yo, it's, this is our mega dream right here. Yeah. Listen, in lines versus Trump, Trump versus Trump. Bang, yo, bang. You got to put that in Florida. Yeah. You got to hold a rally before. In an alligator pit. Trump, you know Trump will be invited to the fight. You know what? If I'm keeping it a buck, that Trump commentary was actually pretty funny for Trillo. Oh, God. Let's like, not, let's if he got to repeat that, I don't know what else the man's doing in his life. He got time. The commentary wasn't horrible. It, was, it could be it worse. It was pretty bad. But, but anyway, be, but, but I I've feel heard like, worse. <laughs> I watched Lamar Odom celebrity boxing I, like a week ago. I'm sorry. We got to watch this together. I'm not watching it with you. Because <laughs> Corey Erdman in a reverse rap pack chat wrote me into it. And, and AJ Springer, they're like, oh, you know, this celebrity boxing's on tonight. I was like, I wasn't even going to watch that. And I started watching it. And they both started watching something else. It was like wrestling. <laughs> they left you. And I was like, yo, you just got, I got the, I hit up fight. I was like, yo, you guys, you know, bless me with a code to watch. He's like, yeah. And I watched it. It was horrible. But Peter Guns and Benzino were on commentary. What? Come on. <laughs> what are <laughs> we doing? the entire fight card. And anyway, roping this back in, I feel like Leon Edwards is in a path where he's ranked number three. People keep going, who has he beat? But the question is, who have you put in front of him to beat? You keep putting these lower ranked fighters in front of him. Masvidal's coming off of getting his brains knocked out of his head by Usman. Yeah. And he gets a number three guy? That doesn't make any sense. It should be another guy with some wins. Me, personally, I have Michael Chiesa ranked higher than Masvidal. On the rankings, overall, he's ranked lower. I think Chiesa and Masvidal, both of them coming off of losses is a better fight. Edwards is not losing fights here. What are no. we doing? So Edwards has to dominate. And again, you remove all excuses that they have. I mean, damn, there ain't nothing left. After this, there's nothing left. After this, it's like, yo, title shot, and we'll see how he matches up against Usman. I don't like that matchup for him, but again, Usman needs to defend his title against somebody. I mean, Usman's already beat Edwards years ago. 
years ago. He yeah, was the, the last person. Fight, yeah. But it wasn't a knockout. It wasn't no, he, crazy. That's when Usman was a decision machine. Yeah. But but you run that back because so many years have passed. Like, Covington got a rematch immediately. Quick. Edwards hasn't had a, a chance to avenge that loss. Has he lost since? No. Edwards is undefeated since losing to Usman. Crazy. And he's ranked number three. And he can't get a higher-ranked opponent, which is bizarre to me. And you can't keep saying, like, he doesn't want to fight. He was trapped overseas during COVID. He wanted to fight everybody. Yeah. And listen, if Masvidal were to beat him, which isn't outside the realm of possibility, people go, oh, he wasn't that good. That's not the point. We have rankings for a reason. If somebody's ranked 2, 3, 1, they should be fighting higher-ranked opponents or get a title shot. Masvidal's still dangerous. Masvidal's dangerous against Usman. Yep. What does it do? And the other thing is, uh, he's fighting a star. I bet you Leon Edwards is still getting the same paycheck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. He ain't getting a star paycheck for this fight. No, no, no. I, I still, he ain't I go getting pay-per-view points. Masvidal's probably getting pay-per-view yeah, points. Yeah, I go back to O'Malley saying, why would I, if I'm getting paid the same, why won't I just fight bums in three-rounders? Y'all want to rush me to a five-rounder against contender? No, let me restructure my contract first to make sure I'm getting compensated for it. I'll fight bums for this little bit of money. Yeah. And that's, that's fair. Like, people want, <laughs> they want all these fighters to fight these big names. You can't, you can't Eddie Alvarez it. For it. You know, yeah. You know, you know how Jay-Z said, don't be Eric Benet? Don't be Eddie Alvarez. <laughs> Eddie Alvarez fought Conor McGregor for peanuts. Yep. And now he's in 1FC getting beat up and still doesn't have any money. Where he should have got paid. It's the way it goes. But it's a great fight. I'm looking forward to the fight itself. It's just in my head. I'm like, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense from a rankings perspective. No. But, again, it's better than sitting at home for Leon Edwards. Beat the star who, by record, is a journeyman. By record. Masvidal is not a great fighter. <laughs> so it, it's one of those things where beat him, send him on to go fight Jake Paul, and then you get your title shot. Yeah. Because that's, that's the two paths we're going in that direction. Yeah. If it goes how I see it going. The other one is Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gain, and Moreno versus Figueroa are in January now for that card. Two title fights. Not bad. Not, not bad. bad way to kick off the year. I mean, they, it, they have three pay-per-views. Four if you, well... Aljo kind of fell out, so that was weird. But November, December, January, that are stacked. Yeah, and uh, when you look at it, the Ngannou game fight is the most, I, I want to see that fight the most. Because Cyril's really damn good. Yeah. And Ngannou's like, I, I guess he's the Deontay Wilder, the heavyweight division? I get, to me, this is Joshua Usyk. Mm. Where... If Nganu doesn't try to be the big man and know his strengths and say, yo, I just got to go in there swinging, if he tries to make it a technical match, he's that's going fair. to lose. That, that's very fair because Cyril is very technically he's sound. He's very Usyk. Well-versed all across yep. the board. He's a little bit smaller. And Ngannou, that's a good comparison. I like that. If you don't go in there being yourself, you're going to lose a chess match, look up afterwards with your face lumped up and be like, I don't know where I went wrong. Yeah. Go in there, be the person you are, swing wildly, knock him out because that's how you got to win. So I, I can't wait to see how it plays out, though, because, again, no one solved the puzzle nope. for Cyril. And outside of Steve Bay taking Ngannou down to the ground that's it. in some weird Lewis fight where he just yeah, didn't throw throws. anything. Yeah. No one solved the puzzle with Francis Ngannou. Yeah. So 25 minutes of Ngannou, when you don't take him down to tire him out, 25 minutes standing is a dangerous proposition Absolutely. for any fighter. So I can't wait to see. How that one plays out. And then we have um, coming up this week. Wait, wait, let's talk about last week real quick since we didn't get a chance. I just want to talk about the main event. Oh. 
Mackenzie Dern versus Marina Rodriguez. I am wildly impressed by Marina Rodriguez here. And Dern, listen, Dern didn't look bad. No, she got to work on her striking. She does. You know what she needs? She needs, she needs like a shotgun double leg takedown. She needs to find a better way to get, because she tries that little punch thing and grab you. Yeah. yeah. And Marina was a little bit too strong. Like she almost drowned her, wasn't it? The second round? Second round. She had it deep. Like she almost drowned her in it. Like the, the grappling transmission, the transitions are incredible. Crazy. She went from like a crucifix to mount, started working over the arm. Marina was just tough as hell. But after that, she because he couldn't figure out how to get it down. Yeah. She needs, like, if she needs a wrestling coach. You know, call Daniel Cormier. Call GSP. Call somebody. Yeah. She'd do great up there with GSP and them. Yeah, go Tri-Star. to TriStar. And, you know, like, if you, can get, if you can get a single or a double A and, you like, really work on these driving takedowns, she'll be unstoppable. You know who's really good? Go train with Habib. Yeah. He's a full-time coach now. He's, he's undefeated this year. Like, all his people as yeah. a coach, he's undefeated this year. And he will teach you that you don't need a double. You don't need a single. He will teach you how to get people against the cage. Yank them down. And just yank them down correctly, which is a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, she just needs re- she needs That's, wrestling strength. She needs to figure yeah, out how to get. She her needs sambo. Like if she learns some sambo techniques, yeah, where you don't got to shoot and someone knee you in the face and it gets ugly, and you don't got to you know use your hands to close. You just impose on them, take them down. She gets with yeah. Habib. It it it'll probably take her to the next level. But even then, she looked good. But yeah. Marina again, just tough man. Look, Tough fighter. Mackenzie's not done. It's just she got some things to work on. That's yeah. It. And strawweight, we need that new, oh, yeah. that new blood in strawweight. Like, I like the top four. Ioana's great. Rose, obviously. Cham, Weili Zhang. Like, um, that, that top group, uh, who's dropping back down? Andrade. Yeah. Dro- dropping back down. That's four. Those four, they can fight each other forever. Yeah. You don't know how each fight is going to go. Like, I, I like that. But we also need some new blood. We do. We do. So I like Marina climbing the ranks there. It's interesting to see who she'll take on next. This week, of course, we just talked to Jordan Wright about his fight, so we got um, insight on that. Jim Miller's fighting still? Yo, Jim Miller. Is this the... Super triple OG, like yeah. this guy. And I don't know. If he loses, is this the... Yo, go collect your check for I don't know. See, I don't know if we can answer this question anymore because Carlos Condit was a guy that we were like, all right, it's time to go, right? And he lost and was like, all right, it's time to go. Jim Miller, on the other hand, is a guy that I don't know if it's ever time for him to go. I feel like he's a lifer. Yeah, but it comes down to the contract, not his talent at this point. Right. It's how much the contract is set up to pay veterans. And if for any reason you're in here 10, 15 years deep, you are cashing checks. Yeah. So it's one of those where if they win, if you win, they got to keep you. Yeah. If you lose... You're not even on your way to Bellator. You're on your way to PFL to try to get that Millie. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, Jim, even a loss, I think he might be safe. But Eric Gonzalez, I think this is a winnable fight. It absolutely is. So I, I'd like to see what comes with Jim Miller in this one. Rooting for Jim Miller secretly. Uh, shout out to the, all the old people out there. Let's keep it going. <laughs> Feeling old in our 30s, baby. Um, another one. Andre Orlovsky. Jesus, man. This man's still fighting. He's been in AEW for like the last few weeks, like showing up, like, yay. It's yeah, like, yo, bro. you got to fight, my man. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, this is not going to end well. Um, Carlos Felipe, 11 and 1. This is a showcase. No, it's not because Carlos Felipe's last two victories were split decisions. Uh, he got knocked out, I think, uh, the fight before that. And Arlovsky's still good enough to turn back 
decent opponents, right? Because he's still a dangerous striker. Carlos Felipe is, mm, yeah, he got two split decisions. This is not a showcase fight. Carlos didn't get knocked out. He survived, went to decision in that fight. Oh, okay. But, no, he got mollywopped. Yeah, so. By Spivak. But so, beat three other people since. Yeah, but he's, two of them were split decisions. Yep. Prior to that, he was knocking people out. And one unanimous decision. Arlovsky somehow managed to be durable and know how to survive fights. I'm going to pick RJ Arlovsky. Yeah, pick an Arlovsky. 42-year-old Arlovsky. Only because I'm picking him because he's been on AEW. There you go. He beat Jay Sherman in his last fight. Yeah, I'm going to pick Arlovsky. Not with a ton of confidence. I'm, he is insanely active. Yeah. Arlovsky's fought more now than he did like towards the middle part of his career. Arlovsky is 5-2 and two in the past three years. I'm telling you, man. Arlovsky... <laughs> This well, isn't, I'll be. This isn't the fight that people think it is. People's like, oh, they're just going to lay a corpse in front of Carlos yeah. Felipe. And no, that's not going to happen. This will be interesting. It, I mean, it could happen. Felipe could knock him in the next week, and I wouldn't be terribly surprised. But it's, it's not a bad fight. I am shocked to see that he's 5-2 and two in his past couple. It's bizarre. I think the UFC is shocked. I think the UFC pulled up there and was like, oh, oh. he's 5-2. and two. We thought he was washed up. Yeah. He's not, he's not washed up yet. Now they got to give him someone like with some oomph. Yeah. Like, okay, let's see if this 5-2 well, is a real 5-2. Because that, that, that's the one that sends you to PFL, right? You put him in there with a the top 10 heavyweight, yeah. and he's like, ah, oh, damn it. That's the end of Andre Olovsky. We love you, bro. <laughs> you out of here. Yeah, yeah. This is just that next step up. Let's see. Now, if you go 6-2, then yeah, now, now you're getting into the range of we're putting you in there with like a Rosenstruck or something. Yeah. Like, we got to see what you really are. Yeah. And then uh, main event, Aspen Ladd, Norma Dumont. Can Aspen make weight? I think she can make weight. Um, again, I'm not a woman. I don't know how these things work. She gave a viable excuse in my book for missing weight. Um, I don't know what it's like cutting weight during a very difficult time of the month. Whatever. That's not an excuse now. It's two weeks after that. I think she makes weight. It was still, what did that last weight cut? Because it's not like she was six pounds over and she was like, yo, I can't do it. She put her body through hell to make again. it. Almost collapsed on the scale. Very again, scary. Again, this is like the second or third time this happened to yeah. Aspen Ladd. Uh, I don't. She's going to win this fight. If she make, the, like, the bigger fight is a scale. The fight is not Norman Dumont. The fight is can you make weight? Because Aspen Ladd is incredibly talented. Yeah. But why not just fight Banter? I don't know. She's, she's trying to kill herself to make weight. And yes, these excuses are there. And again, when we t you can't really talk about women and weight and, you know, when yeah. they, what they go through. But. At a certain point, if you do this a third time, you should go, eh, maybe I should just move up and wait. Yeah. Because these few pounds shouldn't be – six pounds is a lot of weight. And it's not like the other division is super scary yeah. or like a bunch of world beaters. Honestly, she wins three fights of bantamweight, she could probably get a title shot. Yeah, just, just go out there, make your weight comfortably yep. without having to try to shave six pounds off, and she'll do it. But I'm picking Aspen Ladd. She's wildly talented. She has a bigger fight with the scale. I am, too. I'm picking Aspen Ladd. I think she comes in maybe a little heavy first weigh-in and makes it an hour later. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, give me a double weigh-in and a win for Aspen Ladd. But, uh, no, that's MMA for, for this week. It's been an amazing show. Uh, it's great having a guest back, right? Like, I, I love it. Jordan Wright, thank you for joining us. Shout-out to UFC for hooking us up. But we look forward to talking to more UFC fighters and uh, any other guests we can get in here. Got to go back to get some hip hop guests. It's gonna be fun. Oh God, yeah, we do. Yeah, listen, I, I I love it. It's it feels like we hit our second win. We're hitting our stride. Shout out to Blue Wire the network, Blue Wire Studios here in the win, which is amazing. 
everyone in production booth. You guys make it happen. You guys are the real stars back there. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. We are posting show clips up there now. So we're going to have little video clips so you can see the old man try to talk me out of my ways. You can see me being right on a consistent basis every week. Really? (laughs) Don't listen to these sound effects, people. The soundboard is against me. Um, But we appreciate you all. We truly do. Shout out to all of the sponsors. We'll see you all next week. Stay safe. I lie. See them on Wednesday. Sunday. Sunday? Today's Wednesday. Is today Wednesday? You don't know. I don't even know my dates. All right. We will see you next week. We appreciate you guys. Till then, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.